Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Tuesday, August the 1st, 2023. Happy August, everyone. I'm celebrating the beginning of August in Washington, D.C., a rather steamy Washington, D.C., where Keenon is launching a new partnership with Liberties Quarterly. And to mark the beginning of this very exciting partnership, I sat down with Yaroslav Anders, a very distinguished analyst of Poland and Bielorussia, uh, and a contributor to Liberties, to talk to him about a recent piece he wrote in Liberties, an open letter to an enemy of democracy. And I began my conversation with Anders, asking him why so many smart people, not just in East Central Europe, but all over the world, seem to be turning on democracy. It's an issue that keeps coming back. You know, we see uh, people, intelligent people, well-educated people, uh, speaking against liberalism. Uh, Professor Legutko is one of them. Uh, I never met him personally, in person, so there's nothing personal between us. Um, I know that he's a professor of uh, uh, Greek philosophy at, uh, at the Jagiellonian University, one of the most prominent universities in, in, in Poland and in Europe. Um, he is also a, a deputy to the European Parliament, uh, a very intelligent person, a very well-read person, and that's you know I, what I felt you know that this is there is something something wrong in in uh, in, in in this in, in this approach. Uh, I decided I, I chose him as 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 an object of my of my polemic. Uh, he makes the argument you know that is well known in in uh, uh, in the world you know that. Liberalism did not work, you know, all the promises of liberalism, liberation of the individual, you know, tolerance, uh, inclusiveness, was turned itself on its, uh, you know, turned itself on, on, on uh, upside down. So it created new narrowness and uh, uh, division between people into into tribes, into fi fighting tribes, and ideological ide ideological uh, uh, narrow narrow narrowness of, of, of vision. Uh, that was that was the the, the 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 reason that I decided to to take up the subject because I am I am a, a liberal. I still believe in liberalism uh, despite all the. Maybe when you say you're a liberal, Yaroslav, what do you mean by that? I, I think that you know that this is this is the main the main point point. Uh, liberalism as liberal democracy, as we see today, uh, has many drawbacks, and quite serious drawbacks. But instead of going back to the basics of liberalism, which is tolerance, uh, inclusivity, uh, plurality. Seeking for balance between contending interests and contending sensitivities, uh, and that's what I understand by uh, liberalism, and that's what I am. You know, people like Professor Legutko reject the whole the whole package, and they and they uh, and they try to replace it with something different, something uh, new. But this different, new, better world is never clearly defined. You know, that's one of the uh, one Although, of the. Um 
Orban in Hungary, who seems to be the intellectual father of all this, speaks of something called illiberal democracy, um, and he defines himself as an illiberal democrat. Is this intellectually credible, Yaroslav, the notion of illiberal democracy, or is by definition democracy liberal? Well, in in, in modern world, uh, democracy has to be liberal. Uh, liberalism and democracy, as some claim, you know, are uh, different, totally different uh, notions, and sometimes at uh, at odds with each other. Uh, the will of the many is not always liberal, and that's what what Orban says. You know, I have I have the mandate, democratic mandate, to do what I do, and nobody nobody should uh, should interfere with it. I'm, I set the rules. Uh, that's what uh, illiberals usually say. You know that the will of the people is predominant. We don't uh, we don't need any uh, any uh, balances, any checks. Uh, the priority should be should be placed on the on the parliament or, or any other expression of, of the popular uh, popular uh, will. Uh, I uh, you know we in modern times we have to have uh, liberal principles and liberal balances, which often balance and sometimes even contradict those urges, those 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 populist movements, you know. Populism is democracy. Populism is democracy that is rid, that rid itself of the, of the democratic, um, uh, democratic checks. Where does he get his intellectual inspiration? You've written this, this open letter. Is he influenced by what's happening in Hungary? And doesn't he have a point, Yaroslav, that democracy doesn't work in a place like Bielorussia, for better or worse? It may work in California, it may work in Brooklyn, it may work in parts of London or Paris, but it doesn't work in poor countries. Uh, I think democracy can work everywhere uh, if it's if properly properly uh, introduced, administered, and it's sometimes you have to introduce liberal values before you introduce popular public public will. That was the problem, for instance, with with Russia. That was the problem also with with Belarus, which was a democratic country for a short period of time, a few years before Lukashenko came to uh, came to power. Uh, without liberal uh, Reflexes, liberal, uh, liberal, um, liberal reflexes. Uh, I think I started again. <laughs> you probably can can cut it out. Uh, that was the problem in in in, in Russia, in uh, uh, Belarus, in, in Ukraine to a certain extent. You know that democracy was introduced very quickly, and uh, and the society was not. Uh, Conditioned to 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 living under those uh, those circumstances and uh, protect uh, protect well, themselves. With, yeah, perhaps okay. makes sense. But are there examples of places which have where the, the seeds of democracy, so to speak, have been sown? You think of Weimar; it didn't work. Does it require a, a Marshall Plan or a U.S. invasion of Japan or Korea to enable democracy? Well, it does not work in some places for a variety of reasons you know i'm not a political scientist so i i cannot compare various uh various uh, you know some parts of the world and you also know that poland itself is is struggling in the poor poland also is struggling yes uh it's uh, also i think the same the same problem that means we have a society uh people say oh because people are 
too simple or people are stupid. Uh, that's not true. You know, uh, Poles are very brave and, and, and reasonable people, but they, they, there was there was no tradition of of liberalism in in, in Poland. Uh, no, no understanding how you have to res, re, restrain yourself in, uh, in 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 your demands, in your uh, preferences. I mean, we see it everywhere today. We see it in in the United States. You know, when people suddenly reject liberal principles because they 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 don't they they don't believe they work for them they do not always work for everybody we have to be uh, careful what we what we wish and and and, and call for um in, in, in I, i'm not i'm not familiar with miramar i'm more familiar with eastern europe where also we had problems with with democracy and i think that was the main the main reason when uh people misunderstood certain mechanisms, misunderstood certain... So, certain so, what, so what is your argument in terms of this open letter? What are you trying to tell him? What, if, if he's watching this, what's the message, Yaroslav? Primarily, primarily a warning that uh, those, those ideas lead sometimes, sometimes uh, with, against the, the, the proponents' uh, intentions, uh, they lead to uh, authoritarianism, you know, because uh, post-liberals, post uh, they are anti-liberals, but we call them post-liberals, uh, sometimes speak about some ideal society of uh, organic, close communities and, uh, and, and natural hierarchies and traditional values, continuity of values. We don't see any examples of those. But are uh, those, those euphemisms for authoritarianism? It, Might they actually want it? They, yes, I believe that that. So it's that, not really a warning, since that's what they want. Well, uh, I don't think they would cl clearly say that they want uh, they want authoritarianism. They want a better world, you know, maybe the world that is more liberal than liberal liberal world, but it. Eventually, that 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 is what what it uh, what it leads to, and the alternative the alternative to liberal democracy is illiberal authoritarianism. When these people get together in a room, you're the man you you're writing this open letter to Steve Bannon, Orban, and all these others. If they get in a room and they don't believe anyone's bugging them, what do they say to one another? Do they rub their hands and say? We're going to get rid of the Jews again. We're going to get rid of Soros. We're going to bomb America. We love Putin. Or do you think they get together and really fantasize and lyricize this organic community, this rather nostalgic communitarianism that they seem to be peddling? That means, uh, are you asking whether they are true I idealists in what they are saying? Yeah, are they opportunists or, or opportunists or people with a hidden uh, agenda or covered by? Some people on the left hmm. believe simply it's fascists. it's it's possible everything's possible you know as i said i never met those people in privacy my my my, guess, my guess would be that many of them are uh, maybe not all but many of them are pretty cynical and they may have hidden agenda they may have the personal uh, 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 agenda advancement they of their own uh, of their own uh, personal careers uh, that would be my guess you know I, I don't know I, 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 I guess that some of them may be maybe true idealists uh, although misguided you, idealists what, what would you want them to be should they be cynical Leninists, really just trying to figure out how to seize power should they be romantic nostalgists for some sort of pre-industrial 
community? I think, you know, <laughs> it's hard to say what, what I would prefer, but, you know, cynics and manipulators uh, are much more dangerous, you know, because, because they're using, using uh, the people and using, uh, using us. Uh, idealists may be misguided, but uh, they, uh, they are probably less harmful, you know. We can debate with them, we can, uh, we can argue with them. Uh, the, 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 the cynics will always find some kind of, you know, uh, exit clause and, and 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 continue to to do what uh, what what they are uh, what they are usually uh, doing. That means advancing their ad agenda, open or, or or hidden. So I would be more more uh, uh, aware and more 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 afraid of 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 the of the cynics and uh, political manipulators that use anti-liberalism as as a tool. There's a degree of optimism though in, in, in your letter in Liberties. You call it an open letter to an enemy of mm. liberalism in my native land. It implies that you believe that there is a conversation there that uh, one can talk across political boundaries. Well, as I said, I've never met Professor Legutko. Uh, some of his followers and people yeah, who believe and in what he's saying. I think that we owe them at least, you know, uh, a, a, a level of respect until we learn that there are some some someone totally different and someone we cannot reason about uh, in any way uh, I, I we ha we have to at least the opening the opening uh, gesture should be one ones of respect and, and accepted uh, ac not acceptance but uh, treating their arguments as real arguments as arguments that you could argue with you know uh, that's that's my my approach maybe it's my character you know that i uh, approach people of different opinions being en enemies of of my my world in th in this way uh, i may be naive i may be <laughs> i may be misguided myself but that's 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 what i do what is the the gettysburg the stalingrad when it comes to key battles in this war, what is going to determine the outcome? Where do you believe, if you were the general in the liberalism armies, where would you like to fight this intellectual war? What are the key issues that can convince the other side that they may be wrong, that they need to concede, and they may indeed even need to change how they think about the world? Again, uh, it may be a naive position, but uh, I, would, I would work on liberalism itself, you know, and uh, show its strength rather than fighting what you mean, sometimes obvious obvious uh, uh, ill will and sometimes uh, misguided ideas on the other side I would try to show how how liberalism uh, really works how it can work how it can write itself whenever it goes overboard one way or the other and it does as we know uh, quite quite frequently uh, through through debate through um, showing how how things things can can repair themselves you know that the the, the, the the main advantage of liberal democracy is the self-repairing uh, self-repairing mechanism and so far it has worked worked well you know even here in the United States we some people some people uh, proclaim the end of democracy uh, it, it, it didn't happen uh, it may happen of course it may happen anywhere but but so far I, I see that the resilience of, of liberal democracy uh, even in un, under under huge stress what's the best case for a liberal democracy certainly not Putin 
some people argue that Orban's not running a bad show in, in Hungary. It's a relatively free country. There are no gas chambers, no concentration camps. People can still pretty much say what they want. Is, is Hungary the best model if you believe in this model? Uh, in, if I believe in, in the... Well, in I the mean, if, if, if you were making their case, is it Poland, is it Hungary? It's certainly not Russia. Well, we, we, we should be, we should be uh, careful not to overstate uh, our criticism and calling, you know, all, all countries like, like Hungary or Poland fascists. And, uh, are they democracies, they are, though? Yes. They are imperfect, very imperfect democracies, but they are still, still, still democracies. More imperfect than the United States or the United uh, Kingdom? Yes, I would, I would, say, I would say so. Uh, but, of course, it's relative, you know, some people may disagree with it. Uh, all democracies are imperfect. They are very imperfect democracies, uh, but that means that they still can go back to the to the to the you know not ideal state because there's such a state but something that is that is more mainstream in terms of you know, of liberalism. You know we have we have elections. You know and uh, Orban is winning uh, elections. Uh, quite consistently. Uh, the Law and, and, and Justice Party in Poland has won two elections, the third election is coming in this, this fall. Uh, the opposition is vocal, the opposition is very present, you know. The situation in Poland and, and Hungary is, is, is different, you know. In Poland you, we have a very vocal and strong opposition, they could not win uh, the elections, but they are there. Uh, strong and vocal free media, which have been almost silenced in in um, in Hungary. Uh, civil society, which is very very active, uh, self-organizing society, which also has been much more constrained in um, in in in. Uh, in uh, Hungary. So I think that Hungary is more imperfect democracy that is a more imperfect democracy than Poland, but both are still, you know, there's still hope in both countries. I wouldn't write them off. They would, of course, argue, it's not for me to say what they would argue, but I'm guessing they would argue that uh, all the Orban regime or the law and justice regime in, uh, in, in Poland, they're the will of the majority. Classical liberalism, of course, is built on John Stuart Mill's argument about the importance and rights of the minority. Isn't mm -hmm. that the biggest weakness when it comes to a th uh, illiberal democratic theory? That there's no place for a minority, that it fetishizes the majority, which often turns into some sort of ethnic or religious group. Well, there has to be a place for minorities because minorities do exist, you know. And even if in a majoritarian, majoritarian uh, system, you know, uh, if you have fifty-one percent of uh, votes, uh, you you cannot tell the the, the remaining forty-nine percent of of people to get lost, you know, to shut up, <laughs> to, not to be there, you know. They are there and they have their rights and they have their needs and they have their, 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 their demands. So the, there has to be uh, protection of minorities. I'm talking about political minorities, also national minorities, also cultural minorities, uh, sexual minorities in, in, in everywhere. The, the, the question is, you know, to, to, to balance, you know, to, 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 to find some mechanism of of balancing the rights of ma the rights of majorities, majority also has rights, obviously, uh, and accommodating uh, accommodating mi minorities. And this is what liberalism, classical liberalism, is about: finding those me finding those mechanisms that would protect uh, 
sensitivities and interests of various groups because without cancelling any I'm using this term to cancel cancel culture but both sides uh, both sides practice it um, uh, quite quite often no cancelling debate um, plurality we're speaking in Washington DC uh, at the offices of Liberties Quarterly uh, some people argue, Yaroslav, that in America, contemporary liberalism has fetishized difference and minorities. There's too much focus on that. Indeed, many authoritarian Democrats or illiberal Democrats argue this. They, uh, they, they point to what they see as the dysfunctionality of American democracy in particular with its obsessions with sexual, gender, racial minorities. Is there some truth to them? To that is—is is that a model that could work in Central and Eastern Europe, in the world that you know, in Belarus? Yes, there is some truth in it. Definitely, <clears throat> I think that this uh, tribalization of, um, of of society is anti-liberal. Uh, we are all citizens of the same of the same country, and citizenship is is our our base on which we, sh we should uh, we should uh, rest uh, in uh, should it you know that this this thing is opposed in in eastern european countries which are much more traditional uh culturally traditional than uh, than than western uh, western uh, countries and even in western countries we have some pushback against against the, this excessive manifestation of differences and, and and group rights you know liberalism is about this the, the rights of the individual not rights of this or that group against any other group uh, so I think it wouldn't work uh, some of the mistakes uh, some of the drawbacks of, of democracies in this country is trying to impose you know or you know shame people who do not who do not accept uh, who do not access this new 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 uh, uh, diversity and uh, new um, inclusiveness as, as is sometimes called as backward as fascists as uh, sometimes called Christian Taliban you know in, um, in in those countries this is a mistake you have to you have to accept other other sensitivities other similarities I mean people in Poland in my view I'm, I spent my first 30 years uh, of life in in Poland are not naturally intolerant you know but they don't like to be Imposed, I mean, insult, uh, assaulted with images that they're, they're not used they to. At least. Be, uh, they don't want to be preached to. They don't want to be preached. Yes, they don't, and they want to be preached and shamed constantly. Shamed as people who are, uh, who are some kind of inadequate to be in a democracy. You know, and and sometimes you hear this voice that, that you know, those people should not have the right to vote. You know, they are too stupid to vote. You know, this is very illiberal and in anti-democratic, and I always oppose that. You've also written for Liberties, a piece uh, from a couple of years ago, Belarus Incognito, an mm. interesting piece about your optimism about democracy in Belarus. Since then, of course, much has happened, including uh, the war in Ukraine. What's uh, your take on the situation in Belarus in July of 2023, particularly in the context of the recent chapter in which Prijozin, hmm. uh, 
his conflict with with Putin seems to have been brokered by uh, the the president of Belarus, although it's still very confusing to really understand what exactly happened. Mm. Well, the situation in Belarus is is tragic, uh, is outrageous. Uh, the tragedy of Belarus is somehow overshadowed now by the tragedy of Ukraine, you know, of uh, of the war, uh, tremendous uh, material destruction and destruction of life um, in in Ukraine. Uh, in um, Belarus, we have uh, we have about two thousand, maybe more. Uh, uh, political prisoners right now, some with very, very uh, long prison terms. They're not prison, they're colonists, that means they are something very, very akin to Gulag. Um, many of them, many of people I've known and m many of my friends are in either in prison or abroad. So there, there, there is a reverse a reversal of of situation that seemed to be seemed to be uh, getting better. When I was in in working for the State Department, we were dealing. You know, my my office dealt with Belarus and and Ukraine, and we we saw some progress in on uh, in in Belarus, some opening up, some liberalization. You know, and then we had those uh, huge uh, explosion of. Uh, people's emotions in 2020, people demanding democracy, quicker changes, and that led, uh, you know, to uh, suppression and, 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 and breakdown uh, of any hope, you know, and any, uh, any promises that uh, both the previous stage and, and the movement, the democratic movement of 2020 uh, seem to carry. Uh, so the situation is hopeless. Uh, people that I have contact with are depressed, understandably depressed, and by the situation they don't know what what to do. Um, the Prigozhin, uh, we no, no one knows where Prigozhin personally is. He kind of shows up in different places. Is he really in Belarus? Uh, some people doubt it. Some of his troops have been moved to to Belarus. Some are very close to the Polish border, which makes, of course, Poland very uh, very nervous. Uh, it's a mysterious situation. No one really has the key to to it. You know, all the experts that have spinning, you know, have been spinning, sometimes very fantastic ideas. Uh, I don't think have they, they much much uh, knowledge, factual knowledge of what is really going on. Um, it seems that Putin has lost control over something. To what extent he lost control is also. Uh, quite unknown, but it affects both the situation in Ukraine and the situation in Belarus. Belarus is being being uh, gradually incorporated into the Russian Federation. You know, we have we so re-Sovietized. Yes, re-Sovietized, and 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 uh, its its autonomy is is diminishing. Um, so it sounds like things have got considerably worse since you wrote your piece back in yes, 2021, yes. in which you noted that people were wrong to assume that Belarus is just an extension of, of the old Soviet Union or of Russia and that it doesn't have a, a unique tradition or history or independence. Yes, the, the ending of my article was kind of optimistic and, and it was, you know, the optimism was proven to be, uh, and is this to be because wrong. because of the war in Ukraine? I mean, it, had the war in Ukraine not happened, do you think things in, in, in Belarus might be a little bit more promising in terms of 
the, for yeah. authoritarianism. The, the things, you know, Belarus and, and Ukraine are connected. Uh, I wouldn't say that one is, you know, making the other things in the other happen, but, but, they, but they are connected. Uh, I think that uh, war in, uh, in Ukraine uh, worsened the situation in uh, Belarus uh, quite, quite uh, substantially. Uh, and uh, made made Lukashenko to f follow up with even stronger repressions. Uh, things were pretty bad even before before the war, before the the, the outbreak of of hostilities in um, in Ukraine. Lukashenko was doing doing it with his own on hands. It was not you know that he was forced by by, by Putin. Uh, he is definitely afraid afraid of of his own future. Yaroslav. It seems to me, at least in July 2023, that at some point there's going to be a peace, and that peace will reflect an empowered Ukraine. The, the Russians would never acknowledge this, but the Ukrainians have already won. The Ukrainians have already won the war, and the peace will only, one way or the other, confirm that. If that's the case, what becomes of Belarus, given that I'm guessing, or I'm guessing at least that you would say, that most people in Belarus would be sympathetic to um, to a Ukrainian solution within Belarus, of Belarus becoming an independent state free of Putin's Russia. That would probably be some, you know, there would be some hope. I mean, we're all hoping for, for Ukrainian uh, victory. Uh, and some kind of settlement that will that will meet uh, that will meet uh, Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian demands. That means make Ukraine uh, safe from future such uh, adventures on the on the on the side of Russia. That would help uh, help the Belarusian Belarusian uh, situation in some way. That means it would refocus the world's in attention to. To Belarus, uh, allow our diplomacy to 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 be more uh, more active in 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 vis-a-vis vis-a-vis. Uh, vis uh, it, it's 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 possible. I mean, it would be definitely would be would be better situation. But I think the problem the problem in Belarus is is Lukashenko and 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 his his agenda and his fear because he's uh, he's an old that style Stalinist essentially. Yes, an yes, old yes. Style. Eastern European stooge for who Russian believes that there is yes there is no alternative to him you know uh, after him the deluge you know the, the you know thing country is going to fall apart or become you know in, invaded and incorporated right. by by Russia he believes that he's the only savior the only the only uh, the only hope of, of Belarus which is which is wrong uh, and, uh, and, uh, and and people are I think that you know the, the suppression of the movement was I mean you suppress the movement, uh, a political movement, suppress suppress opposition, but you never eliminate it. And you know every suppression, every political prisoner, every pe people beaten or brutalized uh, creates new opponents to to uh, uh, to Lukashenko. They may be afraid, they may be not not ready to speak out, but given a po uh, an opportunity, a chance, they will surface and they will and they will express their will at least. You know. Yaroslav, we've had a number of people on our show who are rather critical of the Western strategy in Ukraine and believe that with their 
arguments about NATO expansion, that Russia's been forced to invade, uh, I'm putting words in their, their mouth, but Russia was almost forced to invade Ukraine. Is it conceivable that Belarus will be Ukraine 2.0, even more tragic, as it gets, as the West inches closer towards Moscow? If Belarusians want to join NATO, if they're sympathetic to the Baltic states, if they establish ties with Ukraine, if they want to join the EU, couldn't this lead to an even well, bigger <laughs> catastrophe, potentially even nuclear war between the West and Russia? There are lots of hypotheticals in your, in your questions. Uh, I, I, I don't think that, that Putin was forced to do anything, you know. Things were going well with Russia for, for a while, even under Putin, you know, in contacts with the West, you know, there, there was no threat of, of NATO invading Russia or, uh, or in, in any way uh, in, uh, attacking its interests, you know, energy interests and others. That was, that was Russia's move that m made us, the West, uh, more and more apprehensive and more, more and more uh, cautious about, about uh, engagement with, with Russia. Uh, of course, the war in Ukraine and put a stop to uh, any, any, any meaningful engagement with Russia. Uh, NATO expansion to Poland to, to Baltic state was no threat to Russia in any way. Uh, expansion of, of NATO to Finland and now seems to to Sweden was a direct reaction to uh, to Putin's uh, to Putin's uh, moves, not 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 our initiative, not something that that we forced on him. So so this uh, all narrative about you know Putin was forced, felt uh, uh, encroached on or you know on his sphere of interests and and, and so on is I, I don't totally disagree with with this argument. Um, what was what well, said, yeah, is question I said that all said for better or worse there is paranoia not just in the Kremlin but in Russia about this Western advancement how can this play out in Belarus how can we have on the one hand independence there or democracy or whatever you're calling for and at the same time give the Russians security that they're, they're not on the brink of another Western invasion of one kind or another. Given historic Russian paranoia with being um, surrounded well, paranoia is is a disease. You know, it's a mental mental state that has to be has to be treated, not not appeased. You know, the appeasement um, appeasement so the is always. Man is to is for Putin to go to the therapist. <laughs> Probably, or maybe, maybe a, a part of of uh, Russian uh, Russian society as well. No, I mean uh, uh, paranoia. Yes, we. We don't have to to deal and to to appease or to make concessions to someone who is paranoid. You know, we can deal with with this paranoia well, in different ways. Weapons, but but if, if they're capable of destroying us and the world, perhaps we should consider it. Well, I, I don't think it's going to come to that. You know, maybe again, I'm I'm optimistic and uh, and naive. Uh, you know, destruction of us would be destruction of Russia, and uh, and I think that there are enough reasonable Russians to uh, to stop that. You know, even in Putin himself uh, makes such a move. Uh, uh, there are there are voices in in Russia, never never coming from the top top uh, levels of. Uh, of the government and and 
the military, Russian military, that threaten, threaten the use of nuclear weapons. Uh, I think they are meant to frighten us and meant to somehow reassure reassure the society that they are not going to invade, you know, they're not going to be in Moscow, you know. Ukrainians, the more so Americans, are not going to come to Moscow because we have nuclear uh, weapons. Of course, of course, that they won't, they won't. Uh, so I think that that um, uh, appeasing Russian paranoia is not the right uh, right way. We can, you know, we had, as I said, a long period of good relations and and contacts and 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 discussions uh russia was not member of of, of nato but there was the, the, the russia nato uh, uh council that discussed things and and, and uh, uh, made uh, security guarantees to russia you know even before the when when we when we knew that russia is preparing for something and american Amer americans were quite quite clear about it there was a a diplomatic campaign, some of it open, some of it probably less, less, less uh, in the open, uh, making, trying to appease whatever, whatever fears Russia might have been, and trying to present it as paranoia, not as, not as a real, a real um, uh, threat, and uh, it didn't work, and Russia invaded. So. I don't think so, you know. And again, we have to be very careful about historical uh, analogies. But uh, we uh, we know Chamberlain in in uh, in Munich and his uh, great victory. You know, peace for generations. Uh, that's where the word appeasement comes from. And it was a very similar similar. You know, what did Hitler want? You know, they wanted uh, to are protect. Are you comparing uh, Putin and Hitler? I am comparing a, a certain mode of thinking. You know, I mean, Putin is not Hitler, uh, but uh, but his mode of thinking, strategic thinking, is very very similar. You know, let's go and protect our our uh, our uh, population in Crimea or in uh, in the Sudetenland. You know, Germans in Sudetenland, Germans in Poland. You know, they need they need our protection. That was that was the first the first salvo and the first stop. Yes, I've let's end where we began back in Bielorat, uh, as as we suggested in this conversation. You wrote a um, a cautiously optimistic piece for liberties mm -hmm. in 2021. In 2023, you're less optim uh, less optimistic about democracy there. For things to improve in the next couple of years by, say, 2025, when we do another interview, what needs to happen? Does Lukashenko, does he simply need to leave office, or is he capable of reforming the country? I think he has to uh, leave the office. With Lukashenko in power, uh, it's not likely to, 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 to change substantially. I mean, there may be another interim period of uh, liberalization after conditions that we cannot even imagine envisioned right now hypothetically uh, but but the system is going to be to be the same you know Lukashenko has to leave the scene or to be at least you know uh, sidelined you know uh, and uh, and the the Russian parliament I mean, the, you, we need to have parliamentary democracy in the first place in Belarus has a parliament but the parliament is not working uh, it's not even working as as, as parliaments work uh, under under communist communist regimes. You know, we have to have a diversity of of opinions, popular uh, popular opinion in in Belarus, openly expressed and politically expressed as well.